Welcome to yet another Friday. This is the second week of our Advent series, The Bethlehem Candle Faith. I'm Dan Van Zalen, and this is Speaking for Him podcast with our host, Andrew Gomison. Hello, Dan. It's great to be with you all again. And today, as you said, we're talking about the second candle of the Advent wreath, and that is the candle of faith, and it's also known as the Bethlehem candle, um, because we're going to talk about um, some trips on <laughs> this podcast, a trip to Bethlehem, as a matter of fact. And so, Dan, why don't you start us off, though, with our quote of the day? But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6. All right. So I thought this was a good way to start out our discussion about faith. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that it says here, um, he that believeth must believe that he is. Him that cometh to God must believe that he is. And one of my, one of my, one of the people that I worked with when I worked at Guiding Light Mission said this. He said, why does it say that you must believe that he is? And it, and then it's then it's basically a period after that, mm-hmm. and I started to think about that, and I I responded to him. I said, I think the reason it says that is because everything that's good, he is. No matter what adjective, no matter what superlative you want to put out there, he is that thing. And it's and, worth noting that some um, variations of the Bible put in parentheses God after that to remind people that what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. That God is. Exactly. So the he we're talking about is definitely God. So we started out yesterday talking a little bit about um, Advent and how it came to be, and we have another Advent fact for you today. The first mention of Advent occurred in the 300s A.D. at a meeting of church leaders called the Council of Sargosa? Yes, Sargosa. Oh, yes. A council of Spanish and... oh. Aquitian. Aquitian, what Dan said, yeah. bishops. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, <laughs> we will have another interesting fact for you next week. But right now we're going to get into the meat of our podcast and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about faith and uh, how it relates to the coming of our Lord because we're talking about anticipating the Christmas holiday. And so... Here we are with our first one, and I will I will just read this. David was told that his throne would last forever, and God said to David in 2 Samuel seven fifteen to 16 But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul when I put him away before thee, and thine house and thine kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Now, you think about the significance of that. Because in order for his throne to be established forever, someone who lived forever had to eventually take that throne. And that's what Jesus did. Um, he came into the... He already had the throne. We actually sing a, a familiar hymn, Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. Um, but in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity 
Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. And so I think, I, I think it's important for us to consider that as we are talking about Advent, that is there room in our hearts for Jesus? Or are we getting so caught up in the day-to-day in the busy hustle and bustle that we're not taking time to let him in and have him be an integral part of our celebration? These are things that we should consider. Um, all right. So, um, I'm going to ask Denise to read the next one for us. And I'll just read the heading here. Micah foretold Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But thou Bethlehem. Ephrata. Thank you. Though that, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from from of old, from everlasting. Therefore he will give them up until the time that she which traveleth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. For now he shall be great until the ends of the earth. Micah 5, 2-4. Do you have any thoughts about that, Denise? Or Naomi? No, I don't have anything right on that. I actually have something interesting All right, for that one. Go ahead. Um, the line where it says, Therefore he will give them up until the time which she hath traveleth hath brought forth, and the remnant of his brethren. Uh, it occurs to me that the she he traveleth forth is quite obviously Mary. But... The remnant of his brethren shall turn unto the children of Israel is, well, appears to me anyways, to be the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it came after you know, Advent when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and all who came to hear them. Um, that's, a, that's a good point because he, he said, what did he say when he left his disciples? He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but mm-hmm. I will send another comforter, a helper, to guide you into all truth. And then I also um, think about the fact that as Jesus walked in the earth, he fed people physically, um, like the feeding of the 5,000 or um, the feeding of the 4,000. But he also fed people spiritually. Every miracle that he did, physical miracle, was to point to a spiritual truth. And so I think it's important to contemplate that as we move forward. All right. And then we see that this prophecy by Micah was indeed fulfilled. Um, So Naomi, can you read the next passage? And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea on to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Luke 2, 4-7. through All right, well, I'm going to share a few thoughts here and then if Anyone around the table has some they can as well before we wrap up. But um, it's interesting to me that um, 
they went into Bethlehem, which was the city of David. And remember that promise we read earlier, how he was going to sit on the throne of David. Um, and then it talks about um, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Now, from a human perspective, not knowing all that was going to occur, you would think, well, couldn't God could have let them get through their trip and, you know, be done with it before she delivered. But God's timing is always right on time. It's not in our economy, but it's always right on time, you know. And so he just shows that here. And then she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there were no room for him for them in the inn. And it kind of goes back to what what I said earlier. You know, I don't know exactly what it looked like for there to be no room in the inn. I've heard a couple different theories. I've mentioned a couple different theories on my podcast in the past. So you can go back to the archives of our Christmas shows and dig those up for yourselves. But the greater problem was that for whatever reason, there was no room for them. And so they ended up in a manger. And we conceptualize that it was in a stable. We don't know what that was either. It could have been a cave. I've heard, even heard some people say that it was basically just out in the middle of a field. I'm not sure I understand that. I think they did have shelter. Cause I think Joseph would have made sure that there was shelter. But, um, but there was no room for them in the place where you would think that, that there should have been room. And he was a king, but he was not born, um, in a typical king place. He was born in of lowly means. And, um, you know, we read in second Corinthians, I believe eight verse nine, um, that know ye not that though he was rich for, or for, ye know that though he was rich yet for your sake, he became poor. And, uh, we really see that as we contemplate Advent. Um, so does anyone else have any thoughts before we wrap up this podcast episode? I have something. So when we were talking about faith, I found this quote as we were studying for Advent by D.L. Moody. It says, faith is the gift of God. So is the air, but you have to breathe it. So is bread, but you have to eat it. So is water, but you have to drink it. And I was thinking, you know, as Advent, we're talking about the gift this is, you know, continuing the love story of God's great gift to us. And I was baking bread this week. And um, it's the season. It's soup and bread season. And I'm making this bread, and it takes a long time to make homemade bread. I mean, it's the whole process. You have to wait for the yeast. It has to be just right. You have to let it rise. You have to um, – all the different things you have to do. And so when I have that bread, I would be devastated if I had done all that work and my kids didn't eat it. Mm-hmm. And it's – you know, all through Advent, it's his gift, and we have to take it, but you have to take it. And, um, you know, you don't want to gobble it up because you just don't want to, um, like, take it so fast that you don't savor it. And that's what Advent is. It's supposed to slow you down so you savor it. But it's also you don't want to um, – you have to actually eat it. You have to enjoy it. And when you enjoy it, when you – can say thank you for making the bread. I mean, note out to the boys, say thank you for making homemade bread. But I mean, when you do things like that, you just appreciate it more. And it, that longer, the longer it takes, it's so much better than those canned rolls. I mean, 
It's just oh, yeah. the slowness of it. The 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 it's a basic thing. The basic thing of bread that they've it's been once making. again anticipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the anticipation while it bakes, you know. Yes. yes. That, that's and the wonderful too. smell that gets yes. everywhere. Yes. It permeates everywhere. <laughs> yes. So uh, that was my thought on faith. Absolutely. Uh, 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 Naomi or Dan, any closing thoughts? A, a thought from me is um, something I, I feel that ought to be straightened out a little bit for modern day people. Most people see the little nativity and they think, oh, it's just this little wooden box. It was just big enough for the baby. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, no. Mm-hmm. This is closer to a pig's feeding trough. It's made of stone. Mm-hmm. It's big. It is not something that you just stick a baby in unless you don't have any other choice. Right. And, you know, I was, I watched a documentary and they were mentioning how. Is it the Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas one? I have no idea. It's oh, been such a, a long one. time. But they were mentioning how the buildings in Bethlehem, it was very, very, very likely that the, everything was overflowed everywhere. Like mm-hmm. the residents didn't have any more room to let people in because hospitality was a serious matter back then. Mm-hmm. The inns were all full up. And there is a possibility that the inn we're talking about was actually a two-story structure and that the stable was in the back mm-hmm. under like basically under a veranda essentially. Yeah. You know, open, pretty much open air, but with overhead shelter. It's not this comfy little cave that a lot of nativities <laughs> uh-huh. like to make you think. <laughs> yep. This is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. This was not, you know, cutesy or anything. This was a very raw experience for everybody. It's not something you normally want a baby to go through. Mm-hmm. It's a very humble experience. And... It's very, very easy to get caught up in the season and forget all of what that means. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, with those closing thoughts from Dan Van Zalen, we will say goodbye for this week. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and continue to contemplate Advent as we will continue this series next week. Um, and just, I would just encourage you to, to search your heart. And make yourself available to God this week. Um, and so, and as you do, he will um, reveal things to you that you hadn't even considered. I guarantee it because he is faithful and he wants us to um, be close to him. You know, that's his desire. So with that, I will say, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 